Hello and welcome to the F24 podcast. My name is David and every week I ask creatives of all sorts to come over to my studio in North Acton to talk about their lives and interactions with London, culture and creativity. I love the stories we get when we use these three points as an angle for conversation and how the three parts cross over and intertwine and end up being a massive part of who we become as London creatives. It won't always be London, but this is my hometown, so no better place to start. This is F24. I want to thank everyone who has been listening, who's reached out and given me feedback. SoundCloud allows you to see the cities and countries that have been listening in, and it's been great to see all of London boroughs tuning in. New York, LA, Wollongong in Australia, Panage in India, people in New Zealand, Nepal, Spain, Bulgaria, Cyprus, Hong Kong, South Africa. It's been amazing to see, so thank you and big up all of you. Let's get some more stories down. This week's interview is with musician and producer Simon Franks from London's very own Audio Bullies. I met Simon in 2009 whilst painting in East London, but I'd known about him for years having been a fan of his music since the early 2000s. It was a real pleasure to have him round and it was a great catch up. Go and check him out at Audio Bullies on Instagram whilst you're listening. Enjoy it. And he's like, yeah, do you know how people make these tunes? Like, they put all these beats in a box and the box just juggles them round. And I just remember thinking, you know, I was probably like 13, like, what the fuck? What? So basically some mad box just makes all these beats we're listening to. <laughs> Chapter 1, London. We head off to southwest London and Simon fills us in on life in the area, his early school years and how his eyes were open to culture at a young age. We chat about local heroes and friends from the area, meeting plot and funk, and we reminisce about Grundy, the Hall of Fame, and we chat about how the city was marked out in the graffiti world in the 90s. Ricky Simon, thanks for coming round. Really yes, nice Dad. Good time, man. Yeah, it's been a minute, mate. It's been a minute. Yeah, it, it has. It? It was yeah, it's about, must be about eight years. Yeah, it must be. Jesus, and that's happened in that time. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Well, look. Yeah, it was 2009. I was living in that flat. Where, where yes, we, and that's yeah. when I had the gallery. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I, I think I might have shut by the time we met properly. Yeah, I left in the end of 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then I was moving off. Then I moved out of Shoreditch. I think. We both vacated <laughs> M- N1. <laughs> the fun time. You, you were M1 as well, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Just a couple of flats down there. Yeah, yeah, good times, man. That yeah, was wicked. And it, obviously the start of Cramer Black, which was lovely. You know I mean? Yeah, when it was up opposite Brick Lane. Exactly, that was yeah. just with the wall across the road. And yeah, I remember being there one week and Yanni was like, <laughs> have you got a job? So I was like, yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> like that kid hanging about the <laughs> What do you do, mate? Pissing Yanni, Yanni and Darren off. But yeah, no, it was cool there. And you know, I was up there the other day on the on the Bethnal Green one as well. I saw, saw them up there. I've always passed by them. Yeah, I yeah. love that shop. That new one's fucking perfect. Classic. Well, the thing is, what I always said with that is that they, um, where you had other graph shops, but they were just bare. Yeah. And those guys made it into like yeah. a museum yeah. and, and some they they brought the art and all the old cr- cans of Krylon yeah. and rust knot and, and whatever. They themed that place up properly. Yeah, they made the it a bit of a museum and, and, a, and a place that, that you want to spend time in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the key to their success, I think. Yeah. No, they fucking tuned in. Yeah. Yeah, they're dons. Well uh, let's um let's start at the beginning, man. So um where are you born? Where are you from? Richmond is where I grew up. Wicked, West London. Yeah, Queen's Road. And um, I was born in Kingston Hospital. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bit further. Yeah, yeah, just over the park. I uh, went to Greycourt School down okay. in Ham, which is a little place in between um, uh, Richmond and Kingston. Yeah, I've only been to Ham once. I came across it by mistake. Yeah, it's just like if, if you go out past Richmond along the Thames... It's the, it's the next town. Yeah, yeah. that is it. Yeah. 
Yeah, quite tucked away. What was spot. that, primary or secondary? No, primary was Vineyard in Richmond, and okay, se- yeah. secondary was Greycourt. Cool. Um, and that's where I met Plot and Vega and, okay. and, and all of the, the people from June. So um, let's go back to Richmond then, like in primary school and... Like yeah. what was that like then? So when was that the eighties then? Early eighties. Yeah, I was I think born we're the in, same age actually. Yeah, I was born in eighty. Same, yeah. Yeah, yeah. March, March the third, eighty. Mm. Same day as my dad, man. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah. But now primary school was all right. It was. Um, we were just saying about that those snap tracks because that's when they came out. Exactly. They were the dads had these um, records out. What was it? Uh, snap the power. Yeah. I picked up the snap the power yesterday and snap oops up, which was like the same time as pump up the jam. Amazing um, black box, and that was us in our Mantronics, all of that. that oh, was early, early raving memories. Amazing Ten years time. old at the school yeah. disco. Yeah, isn't it? But yeah, primary school was all right. Yeah, we we played football and that at, at, at break. I was even tagging then. I had a little tag hat. Did you? Yeah, I remember tagging. So what? How did you? So what happened there? So what? So primary school then obviously opened your eyes to something. Well, I, I say primary school because we're too young to be hanging out on yeah. the streets or whatever in, yeah. in the manor. So primary well, school... saying that I was from about yeah? ten, yeah, oh, nice. yeah, 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 nine, ten, because yeah, the old man was not living at home, so okay. I, you know, mum was tired. <laughs> so you got see. out, yeah. So we just, we, and there's a few little writers from the estate, Kiki. And oh, is it the estate you're from? Yeah, Queens oh, right, Road. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I'm from an estate as well. So yeah, I was out yeah. from young as well. Yeah. But some people, yeah. Well, I lived in a in a uh, it was a it was a council house. Yeah, but it was yeah. an old house. And, and then it, they built the Queens Road Estate around. That and so yeah, spot. you were yeah. being out was okay. Yeah, well, yeah, there yeah. was always loads of kids about and shit yeah, to do. Exactly. And there was a f- one writer, this guy Kiki, Kiki, and he was like, and there was another guy, a clue as well. And they they were like fifteen, probably sixteen, and I was when like you nine, were t- 10, nine, ten. And they took me out on a couple of missions, and they knew Don, which was there was a guy, a clue that lived up the road, and okay. he, he had a Don piece in his bedroom, yeah. and Don was on up, the wall. all up and down the district line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don so was we the used to go in the back park and and look like look over his garden fence. You could see this just the tops of this Don piece, <laughs> and that was you know Don was like the artist in the area that was doing full colour pieces on yeah. the tracks and, and that was in the days when this stuff used to stay for it was there for 10 years and stuff yeah, you know just rolled didn't yeah. it I'm just thinking to back then so if you were when you were 10 and uh, Clue and his mate would take you out yeah did you know that you were getting involved in that graffiti culture or it was just or a was very it just ba- part of just being out it was just a, a real basic thing I'd go down you know if my dad took me up to town or whatever we'd, we'd go to Richmond Station and there'd be tags on the jump down bit where the district line laid there'd be the Don pieces there was an urban and then writers like Devise and Tex and JB and all the, these people from that and then Rosa PFB that started popping up later but the earliest stuff I remember was mostly Don work and so then, yeah so your eyes were out were basically you'd been checking it so well, you just, can remember yeah, it's like my kids they, they go look dad, people have been spraying it it, it yeah. catches your eyes yeah. there you and start it, reading but there was an excitement about it was something about it that made you think god this is uh, this is like it's this, it's this thing that you're not allowed to do, but it looks amazing, and it's like, who did it? And I tell you what, yeah. I, well, I know exactly, I know exactly the feeling. Yeah. Because I'm looking at graffiti in my part of town at that same age, and um, you kind of think, I don't know whether I was thinking it then, but you wonder like, this is this is us, like this is my people, this is the young people, mm. and we're, this is an adult world. Because when you're out. 
and you're well, you're with your dad and you're going through Richmond Station. Yeah, that's an adult thing to do. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But there's something there. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I just there was there was a connection. I remember yeah, like, your parents ain't really looking at it. Like no, you and they don't. My mum was disgusted with it's graffiti. It's code. It's like, like a code. Yeah, yeah. She didn't like it. In it's like yeah, we feel this way. Like yeah, yeah. Th- there's this is this is the voice of yeah. the young, isn't it? And although we didn't understand it, you'd look at it. Not not. I mean, don't, you didn't understand the culture. You just knew. You start to get to understand these are names. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's just like yes, this is. This is some type of voice, maybe. I, I don't think it's actually transient in our brains at that age. Yeah. But I'm sure that's exactly what it's doing. Yeah, it's setting off. It's just setting off this. It's setting off a a vision in your head of like a, a an unknown world where there's some danger because people are obviously yeah, you know, risking stuff, getting down and doing these things. But just the style that you could see it come from New York. We were copying what what they'd done there and. Um, but then later it was like, you know, PFB were dominating. You, Rosa lived around the corner from us. Okay. He was up all over fucking London, yeah. all over the trains. You have Mean and Psych and all of them. And that was the stuff that was like getting us going. And then DDS. Sick names, the, man. What's that? Amazing names, man. They, like, talking about those writers is amazing. What, Rosa and Psych yeah. and Mean. And Mean and seeing all that shit running. Yeah, and I've got to know a lot of them boys yeah, now, man. Yeah. We, we, we played Secret Garden Party. Oh, yeah. Must be a good good while ago now, yeah. a good eight years ago or something. And, and brought them along. Rosa and all that were there for said for his stag do. Okay. So Rosa, Shun, a few others of I think maybe Acid. There was loads of them. Wicked. Yeah, they were a proper fucking early sort of London graffiti gang, man. All right. So seeing graffiti taking note and then being out of your mates in the evenings when you know school's done, the mum's tired. Yeah. And getting so you understanding that culture and then in school. You got mates who are part of who are starting to do this, or is it still like a bit of a? So I had a, I had a. Basically, I always loved it. My mum was painting at home. She did. Oh, a, right, she cool. did a. She which she, she was went, an artist. Yeah, she started she, in the eighties. She started a course, uh-huh. and she was doing kind of abstract style art. Right, I'll okay. show you a picture in a minute. Yeah, and it, yeah. it looked a bit Basquiat, that kind of wow, thing. Wow. Yeah. So she was encouraging it. I've got early stuff of me doing little chalk painting copies or pastel painting copies yeah. of her style so that Wicked. almost got me ready for the edges and the 3D yeah, yeah, I actually yeah. remember the first time I learned 3D was my auntie done a graphic design course and yeah. she had all these pens and she'd shadowed these letters I remember thinking okay that's how you do it and that stayed with me I must have been pretty young then but my mum used to buy me all these car plans from Les Smiths okay yeah and we'd uh, she'd get by, we'd buy rolls of lining paper and yeah. put it in the garden and I'd paint pieces on it you know because she was just she was happy with you using that medium to do art basically. i just kind of begged to do it she said yeah. oh, i don't like the spray paint why don't you? i said mum you've got to let me use that and yeah. so they're gone now she might even have them in the attic but i'd i'd, I'd do letters i yeah, don't think yeah. i even knew what they said half the time yeah. but my tag was hatch and i just put these like lines all together and then sort of fill it out like this but i'd go bombing wh smith marker in the day and all that lovely man but where were we? I, I fucking wandered off. <laughs> so, yeah, get, yeah, just getting into graffiti and that. And so yeah. did you get into music at the same time, Link? You were talking about these school That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I was graphing at, 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 at a young age, fell out of it, got yeah. into skateboarding heavily. Right. Got to grey court. I was hang- only older kids skated. No one in my year did, which kind of signified that it was almost 
having it was like not going out of fashion but you yeah. know because it, it was unestablished then it would come in waves yeah so you then so you're talking about a year or two above you in school yeah, yeah. All, all my pals were older and i sort of needed to get some in my own year and the skate the skating thing died on me which i was really sad about right. i remember sort of getting into graphing and with some but basically what happened is funk's brother plot left his school ADT in Wandsworth left that school I don't know what happened some shit went they were both there together and they were just chaos together the two of them. <laughs> so Plot got sent down we were starting to look at Graf Plot's brother was Funk yeah who was an established uprighter yeah so <clears throat> that's when it all started me and Plot started going out there started racking paint doing missions every Friday doing some track so signs. you a bit of Graf in primary school get into that well, it wasn't a culture, obviously. It was a thing to do. Yeah, it was just a bit of tagging school. walls. And then you, know you go into secondary and you're yeah. like skating. Oh, yeah, falling out of the graph thing. It was and there. But... So you skate for what? Two years? Three years? I skated hot. Finish, I, sk- finish I had a, probably a spell from like, yeah, 10, 11 to about 30. So where did... skating was my life. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and then and so like, you... if you'd have asked me then, I'd have said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a pro skater. Wicked. Yeah. So you took it seriously. So then did you then, apart, so with graffiti, you're there bombing a the local manor. Yeah. You didn't think about going all city. You're too young for that. No, shit, no, no. But when you hit skating, years, exactly. Yeah. Old, yeah. So you just, you do, you tag the bus route or whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I mean, the yeah. local roads, but skating opens the city up in a completely different way. And especially yeah. with the age you get to. Yeah. My old man used to take me to South Bank. And Amazing. By the end of it, we'd be going on our own. But like we Wicked. got robbed a few times. Oh yeah, that's part of London life. <laughs> part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was so a big, quick learning curve, all that. Yeah. Man. So your dad was bringing. Did he? Did he know of it? Did or did you say to him? I'll he knew about, about South Bank. Yeah, and I obviously just had, being a parent. And yeah, reading papers, just, whatever it would yeah, be. Yeah, and yeah, I'd I'd caught it. wind of it in somewhere. And, yeah. You know, we a few weekends. I don't know how many times we've done it, but we'd go up in the day, Wicked. so it was yeah, calm. Yeah, yeah. Not too many skate people tend to skate it harder in the evening. Yeah. That spot. So yeah, just flying around the banks there, doing kick turns, trying to pop tricks and stuff. Wicked. And then we started going back. And no, I mean I was excelling at it, but in a weird way, I sort of went through because I loved mini ramp, you know. Okay. And I was popping airs in mini ramps and stuff, and I was pretty good. But what was happening was as I was talking to you about earlier, that the, the ramp skating went out of fashion. Right. And it became street skating, kick flips. And I was still quite small. My pals were older. Okay. And they could all flip the board. And I started struggling with the kick flip and I was getting more into graph and just, I just remember this one evening I went and met my mates. I hadn't skated for like, probably a month or two. And yeah. When it's, you know when you're going through a change, yeah. a transition from yeah. one thing to another and they yeah. happen quick when you're a kid yeah and, literally uh, over a few nights yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm like i go down they've all learned kick flips and tr- like 180 varial flips and i'm still like stuck on like just <laughs> ramp skating just yeah. popping big airs and i couldn't do it and there's this new kids coming the crew and he's like everyone's ch- i'm not getting any cheers anymore like i had been yeah and i remember going and crying walking back with my best pal Nick right. he's gone on to be an artist in New York now who okay. in fact gave me my tag okay wicked <laughs> so fucking um, and then we uh, yeah I cried and I think I knew it was the end of skating as something that I'd loved like was a real passion and and that's when Graf took over but that is 
I'm intrigued that I think we're going to probably come back to that because you like it you properly fell in love with that didn't you it like, became everything yeah it became my savior man you know it made me someone didn't it and then so the decision so part of part of the decision for not skating was because you didn't like the new wave that was coming or no I think or was it was it all happening at the same time was there graffiti had a bit more of an effect in your, was coming back into your life a bit more there was like a replacement for it was a generational thing I, I, you know because no one really graphed that hard in the years above at the time yeah it was this thing all my if you're hanging with older kids you're at secondary school because I had an older sister that introduced okay. me when I started so I had yeah. all like her friends but if you're only hanging with the older kids, you, there's going to come a point where you need a set of solid friends yeah. in your year. And that's why I was blessed that Plot came. There was a kid, Cheek, as well, from Chiswick. Vega was in my year as well, but he weren't graphing hard at that point. And a lo- load of other kids, man. Yeah. But but Plot coming, I always wonder if he hadn't have picked that school, if his parents hadn't have sent him to that spot, what it would have completely have changed the course of my life. Because me and him and Funk, you know, Funk taught me how to put letters together properly. Yeah. Funk was the first MC I ever knew. You know, he was one year older than us, but he was leagues ahead. Like, you know, he was just fucking very active, very young. He's in love. Lovely dope stories, man. Yeah. I'm just thinking, I don't know. Is this Funk that still paints now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a look. fucking gentleman, man. Yeah, yeah, that guy yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's a style don Yeah, Uncle letters. Funk, we call him. Yeah, his yeah. letters. And he always used to say, when audio bullies blew up, he'd be like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's like my little brother and that. He's like a little brother to me. And But it's true, you know, like we, you know, he was. He, he went through that, didn't you? He you was did. like, and I didn't exactly. have an older brother and he was Plot's yeah. older brother and we were like family, you yeah. know, and, and we started GFS with him. So... Graffiti takes over. Yeah. You and Plot are out there racking paint, running yeah. around the city again, yeah. seeing different parts of the place. Yeah. And then you're... Sorry, it's seeing England, man, because we went racking in some nuts gaffs, you know, miles out. Jumping <laughs> on the main line. Yeah, so. just, I mean, this is in the days when you could sit in the first class carriage yeah. just blazing zoots. Yeah. Show the t- if the TI came, show him your bus pass. Yeah, <laughs> flash it, or maybe get dashed off the train. Yeah. That was it. Like, Find we, out where you were. You were free out yeah. there. To I used go to where do Bedford and Luton and all yeah, that. Yeah, we uh, went all over, man. Yeah, we'd yeah. we'd meet at Junction in the morning and just fly out. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. But Omen. So then Omen and Offer, they were two boys in the year above. Okay. And they once we'd started GFS, we kind of started hanging with them. We got to know them, and then that became. Me, Plot, Funk sort of, you know, went off and did his thing with whoever else. And it was me, Plot, Offer and Omen. Okay. We were like the, we were like the, the core of GFS at the time. So did... Then you had Down and Kin, they yeah. joined and they'd done their thing as well. Yeah. It's got to be did, said. And then Vega flew the flag later, then Tense. It went on and on. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna go, to go back... Not oh. to forget fucking Aki. Fucking oh, never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plot turns up in your school yeah. like, re- and helps reignite this graffiti itch you've got. We start out together. We're both essentially toys. Had he painted before? Was, had he been in it or was it still... Was nah, it- his, his big brother was out doing it yeah. and, and we kind of... I it remember was like it was me, turn. my boy Ampho, Cheek and Plot and we went and stayed at Cheek's in Chiswick. Yeah. And we went out with little pens. This is one of the first missions. None of us wrote what we ended up writing. Yeah. Plot was writing. I wrote trap. Plot. Maybe Plot did write plot. Nah, he wrote wreck. Yeah. And Cheek wrote 
something else, Andy wrote Osprey. Anyway, that was a real... So, yeah, we went through the toy stage yeah. with loads of different toys that fell off. And a lot of the time, I think it was due to people's mums and dads clocking yeah. that, that they were up to no Slapping good. wrists and, and, and going, no, confiscating not, not pens. with them boys anymore. Yeah, yeah. And fucking, that's exactly what I'd do. But, you know, we, yeah. we were off the radar and... Mm. I felt for them kids at times because you knew they'd been pulled out of the mission and they'd see your reaches and they'd, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, I saw your dub and they'd kind of laugh and you'd go, oh man, that got stopped for you. But mm. if dad's at home, he's not having that yeah. shit. You know what I mean? No, it's true. Yeah. So, well, it, in not every case, but in a lot of cases. Well, yeah. I was saying yeah, yeah. that, Plot and Funk's old man was about, but he was just more lenient and was just like, look, if the boys have got to go out and do what they've got to That's do but fucking hell yeah, yeah they just you know they, they sent them through some stress in the 90s <laughs> as I did my mum yeah. you know what I mean so um, you set up GFS yeah me and Funk started that man Wicked. at my house my mum was away uh, we were so you in, and you're in secondary school yeah halfway through or whatever We this would have been 93 Okay, yeah, yeah. So ninety three. Second year or third yeah, year. Yeah, yeah and yeah. my mum used to go away for long periods of time and leave me and my sister at the house, and we it was like three house ones, and uh, we were there was a we had a party, and we're drunk, and me and Funk are coming up with all these names and plot. I, I don't know, I can't remember exactly who was there. Omen says he was there. He probably was. Yeah, but he'd say he was even if he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking. Um, yeah, we were saying like graffiti fanatics, gangsters from South and all this stupid shit. And uh, and then I remember it, me and Funk were like, yeah, we, we're starting a crew plot. And Plot was like, yeah, we always fucking say that. And it's like, yeah, but Plot, the last crew we started was called fucking First Class Bombers. That can't run. And then the one before <laughs> that was We Three Kings, WTK, when we were the biggest toys in the whole city. <laughs> I loved early early crew names were amazing. Yeah, yeah, always joke. We still laugh about that. Got to, man. They were great. Yeah, Got yeah. to find that one, though. Yeah. That, so, well, so GFS starts and you lot, I mean, well, for one, it's still a crew and it's still going. So, yeah. like, you lot started off this thing yeah. and started pushing, hitting West London hard. And Yeah, and I believe it was influenced by... DDS and PFB. Yeah. And, and if you look at the two letters, well. the N letter's got an S and the middle letter's got an F. It was like probably like part of London law though. You had to have an S at the end of your crew name. It back just then. looked nice. It looked <laughs> exactly. nice. We weren't even aware of it, but it also worked with the, the name and, you know. And, Over in Kilburn, RLS, S, um, IMS. They all ended with S. SBS. Well, yeah. that was down south. Obviously. But mind you, yeah, SBS was the first. SBS. was the first yeah. London crew. SCS in yeah. West Hampstead yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, we all sort of follow the ones we love, take a little yeah, anagram yeah, yeah. of it and mix it up. Yeah. Yeah, like FLS. Sounded <laughs> FLS. Like, it sounded like GFS <laughs> and they were like, they were like GFS youth. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah. But then BSE, yeah. that was, that were, they were like a sort of neighbouring crew of ours that Vizzo introduced us to. He met them all at Richmond College. So, ah, fucking hell, we ain't even mentioned Vizzo, man. Yeah, yeah, so you're about to get to that then. He joined later. Yeah, so you yeah. GFS properly established themselves. Yeah. Over the early to mid 90s. Yeah. And then I remember coming <coughs> down, I came down to Grundy. I can't remember who brought me there. What remember. a historical place, man. An amazing spot. And I, yeah. I, I think I went there twice, and it was uh, summer in 96. Yeah. And you lot had owned it. Yeah, it was there. 32, Coochie and Don and them boys that... And there that, was some other fire pieces. I remember yeah. that place when the, there was 32 dubs that were like the first dubs on the wall, you know what I mean? 
Coochie 32, massive writer from mm. our ends. Where he but he went all city. He had a little spell with Ray actually. Ray's got some funny stories about him. But he, 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 again, he's uh, passed away on it. So rest oh, in peace, man. man. Mm. Okay. Um. So and you so that is and that's when I started seeing Vizo GFS. I think around '96. Vizo, sure yeah. Saw, did I see a massive blocky in a park down there? Yeah, basically, Vizzo wrote Smuff. Vizzo lived up, like, he lived up on the same, off the same bit as Omen, mm-hmm. up near the roundabout, up between Mortlake and North Sheen. Mm-hmm. And Viz was like, me and, I knew Viz at primary school. Viz oh, right. moved to our primary school in the last year. He was in my sister's year. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, good friends, him and my sister. And I'll never forget the first day he came to school and he just stood out, man. He was like running around the playground everyone wanted to be his pal he was just one of them kids man he's had a real positive aura about him and uh, yeah we lost touch he was two years above me at school he was more part of the skater kind of crowd he had a band he was on that kind of tip and then suddenly yeah he just started graphing and we were seeing Smuff up and the bombs were kind of toy I had Mm -hmm. no idea it was him then we started seeing Vizzo things and it was like Shit, all right, he's getting good now. Mm. And then he done a massive dub with Cheek under the bridge. And I remember me and Plot just went down there. We were under the bridge in Chiswick on them that line that runs through Q yeah. Bridge in Chiswick. And I'm looking at him doing this massive fucking Vizzo dub, massive. And I'm like, fuck, I'm kind of drunk. I'm like, Viz, that's sick, mate. Come on. And I was like, oh, new recruit. <laughs> I mean, Freaky. and then my sister was up at his house, and me and Plot were at mine Friday night or whatever, all getting drunk and stoned and whatnot. And and Viz is like, I want Plot and Obey to come up the house. Like, and me and Plot went to his house. He lived on that massive road and by the lines on right on, yeah, where the track runs from Richmond to Kew. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we just hit it off again. He was already like my brother from when we were little, yeah. but we'd lost touch for three, four years. Yeah. And we just kind of became, it was like one of them bonding nights. Yeah. You know, them. Amazing. Ones, yeah. And yeah. when we started doing missions and there was a little period of time where we'd all be at Vizzo's house. Because again, his mum went away a lot and just left him with the yard. Mm. Yeah. West had a real like proper family unit in those years didn't yeah. it man yeah I'm finding it weird Not I'm not finding it weird because <clears throat> I'm, I'm exactly your age yeah and for me I mean yeah it was a bit of a mad crossover in Kilburn but there weren't many writers West Hampstead started popping off I suppose at those years yeah certain spots of London were dead fully but, dead yeah in exactly. those, it was yeah. literally dead yeah. like yeah. Kilburn there weren't yeah. many of us coming out then yeah. because it was Diet done some bits. Yeah, but about, he, yeah. he was he was even the way before because that middle those middle years, the mm. mid nineties towards the, towards the late nineties. We didn't fuck with that line very much, to be honest. It was yeah. Scott Free and FLS started doing it more. I, do you know I think the only time I ever even painted the fucking the London Overground, mm. like a, a a reach, obviously once you got down to Gunnersbury and Richmond, but I remember me and eight going and doing Camden Road, but you know, we, we we didn't get out as much as some people. We we got out. We, we the way we 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 went all city doing yards. Yeah, but and we did bits and bobs. But if know. you were travelling, you were gonna go and get something. Like yeah, that. we we yeah we'd hit yards on the all four corners and that. And um, but I think now it's just fucking. You know, it's opened up and. 
people really. The city seems. I don't know if it's because we're adults now, but the city seems smaller. I'd, or the wave Certain of tray all, lines have I'll linked it what, up. Though, yeah. the, so basically, the wave of writers, mm. you know, from Tox onwards. Yeah. All well, that guy. People, that's just. I mean, that amazed me. He set a standard, and not to say that anyone else has never set a standard. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's all city kings. No, but he was up on every tube. But in Tox London. was another level. And that he, was when we thought yards weren't doable. Yeah. I was amazed, and I, I didn't get on the For tube 10 at that years. point. I stopped because I had a car and yeah. I was fucking just travelling yeah. around the world and shit and. I barely got on the tube. I got on the tube one day, went to Earl's Court, and I was like, this geezer's got a bomb on every fucking but train. But he's set a precedent for what's happening now because everyone who's going all city seems to have it locked in quite a certain amount of time. Yeah. For Sanofsky and them boys. Force, but Temperate's been through it. Oh, and like I know, I met him. <clears throat> I met him back in the, when, in the days when um, Chrome and Black was near Brick Lane. Yeah. Nice geezer, man. Yeah, nice yeah. geezer. But yeah. It's just... Yeah, the the way king, absolute king. Yeah, tall motherfucker yeah. as well. <laughs> uh, maybe it's because they're older. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just didn't have the urge. I couldn't go all city when I was eighteen. It wasn't happening. You, listen, it, uh, you had local 19. writers, semi-local writers, half. Yeah. We, I've said basically, before, we, I was a manor painter, and that was it. We, yeah, I well, you got from that, and to and the guys that taught me were. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. But we, in terms of that, I think we, if you. In the glory days, you know, it was like if you went up the district, that was locked. We locked that. The fucking line that went Waterloo from Richmond locked that. We locked all sorts of places. Viz locked a lot. I mean, Viz, Viz went all city, yeah, he, I yeah. would say. Viz, I did. Yeah, Viz, I did. And, and then you had Vega and Tense. It was like little different sections and times. And then we had a second wave in the sort of early noughties. It's a plot and stay, you know. Fuck, they went absolutely ham. They done nearly every yard in London. You know what I mean? I'm, there wasn't. There can't have been many other. I mean, you bred RT, like RT comes from GFS. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, pretty much so. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Will Vibes was in it. Vibes Town. Um, Dazer. Basically, GF. I can't think of I know any D other West London yeah, crews yeah. that have done. Did when you think about it now, really, the amount of time GFS has been going. Mm. And to come strictly out of and South West London, yeah. you didn't like make a crew that branched throughout the whole city. No, it was West London South West and West London yeah, writers. Yeah. And it's been going for 20 years, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And it's still getting put up. Yeah. You go Halls of Fame and you'll see it, especially around West. Yeah, yeah and our kids have been doing some trains and all that. Exactly. Well, so I, I can't, and I'm thinking, you spawned RT and you must have spawned other, or inspired yeah. at least, other yeah. crews to start. And yeah. Mate, yeah, it, I'm just, it, it's just not, I'm not, I've never given GFS its props ever. Yeah. I'm not saying I haven't, but it's just quite weird you summing it up now and I'm thinking, mm. hang on, not, nothing else in crew size came out of West like that. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. Obviously, Don and Nemlock did what they did before. Yeah, and PFB. Exactly, and PFB. Which of was course, a West crew, course, and then Rate was from yeah. South. If you think about PFB, everyone in PFB except for Drax and yeah. Robbo was West. Yeah. Psych Elk mean, was northwest, but yeah, psych, kind of, well, yeah, but, yeah. still but west. That was yeah. the tip. That was it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If right. you, it's interesting, man. I'd like to actually study it properly one day, like mm. a geek in it, and <laughs> get graph it out. But yeah. there's definitely ways that these lines and parts of the city were marked out by certain yeah, yeah, parts yeah. of people. That's what my map's about. Yeah, right? yeah. That's what my map's about. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I didn't get it perfectly yeah. right. It's yeah. my vision of it. Yeah. But that was what I was seeing. It was mm. just like these people in these areas. Me, these you know, groups. mean. I remember mean. You know, props to mean. I, I know him. He's a sound dude, and he, yeah, he, he, 
Fucking hell, he had every outside. I remember a time, Mean had, and this is when the district the hammer used to stay in, yeah, or maybe the, yeah, God knows what. Yeah. But Mean had every outside, Kane line as well. Kane line had every inside. Coming in from east? On the district line, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah and we, I heard he lived up in Upminster, but yeah, That's he right. was up on every train. Yeah. Him and Mean, they ran that line at one point. Amazing Mate, times, the stories man. are unstoppable, aren't they? It? Are, it could just yeah, go on. It goes on. Chapter two, culture. Simon jumped into culture at a young age and getting his tag, seeing Don Peters gracing the lines and forming good relationships with his GFS family, graffiti became his life. We chat about him also going raving in his early teens and getting into music. He talks about his love for skating and how styles change in cultures and the effect that has. And also about his dad stepping in and getting him hooked up with a drummer. We then move on to his relationship forming with Tom Dinsdale who had later become his producing partner in Audio Bullies and how believing in himself to make music led to Larry Lamb getting into the mix. So look, let's, let's talk about the people you met whilst you were doing all of that. So you're running around the graffiti scene, you're in there. For, so we'll talk mid-90s to the 2000s. Yeah. You start meeting people, you get involved with other things, you start raving. Yeah, yeah. Clubbing. Well, yeah. You're getting all, into all of that. Yeah. And then what happens through that world? Well, yeah, I mean, in the graph... When we were kind of, yeah, 93, 94, it was 92, you know, we were into like the hardcore and jungle kind of scene. Yeah. And it was all like LTJ Bookham and, and fucking Cool FM and all of that sort of music. And then, must have been about 94, 95, the house thing started coming in. And, you know, it was, it, it, it was kind of... So many tunes, I cut my head when, fucking when goes. Did you I go, can't even when think. did you first go clubbing? Do you remember? When well, you we did... used to go to this underage rave. Oh, wicked! Out in Tolworth. Yeah. And then they moved it to Epsom. It was called Teen Rage. See, when what from what years? Ninety two. That was ninety two, ninety three, so maybe ninety four. Yeah, I know. Obviously, it wasn't adult raving, but, but it was a proper rave. It was a proper and rave. It had proper names of MCs hell. and DJs, and it was it was hardcore and jungle music. Wicked. And it, and it, it was at its peak before it, the scene kind of split. So the Tollworth ones were the best. Right. Certain people remember these. Certain pals of mine used to play at them. And fucking, I, I think Funk used to MC at them, to be yeah. fair. And, um, but they, yeah, there was a golden period where the raves were packed. And then they did a survey. The, the people that put the rave on did a survey. I remember my mate telling me, and they were going around asking, what do you want? Happy hardcore or jungle because the scene was splitting and yeah. it went two ways. Yeah, I was in Labyrinth in East London. Yeah, downstairs was happy hardcore, upstairs yeah. was drum and bass yeah. and jungle. Yeah, and I think and, the split, and it, I remember it changing. It always happened. Hit yeah. hardcore went into the back room. Yeah, and jungle took over. Drum and bass took over the ground floor. Yeah, so that's what you're saying. Those drum years, and bass did take over. Yeah, happy hardcore got kind of pushed out to that's fucking right. the sub, like you know. Kent and Mad, like yeah. just a different. It, it carried on, but it went round the country, sort of thing. Um, and then Jungle just went mad. And Jungle it, and Jungle and Bass they, went mad. And they stopped. They stopped playing it. And years yeah. later, we went Brighton, and I saw all fucking Kenny Ken. I thought, I thought they disappeared, and there, there they are playing to all these students in yeah. Brighton. And it was like, all right, well, they're doing loads they of took it out there. They blew yeah. it up in London, and, yeah. and off they went. That was that. Then it was house. And then pretty soon it was house and garage and the garage thing just kind of, but there was a, you know, it was again a time when. And those... did you, sorry, did you, did you decide then that you were like, this is another part of London life that I'm loving. This, this, this music, this clubbing. Yeah. Like, it was... This is, this, this is me. 
basically. Fully, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's that thing when everyone's into it and you're all going to go out and party. And so that was the same lot. That's GFS and all your boys and it was a few all, other yeah. people that didn't write, but Yeah, generally... and Tom, you know, Tom from the audio bullies, he was, he was DJing at certain parties we were going to. People were putting on raves that we knew. And, and stuff yeah it was uh, it was yeah it was always me and Plot and Vega and Vizzo and there's one party and <clears throat> they done in a snooker club it was like me Vizzo pause that's another guy that was in oh, GFS yeah. that passed away fucking hell man everybody was at that party yeah good times but yeah we've always yeah I mean fucking hell yeah we've done a lot of that <laughs> <laughs> so um, through through going clubbing and that with all your mates, yeah. you then meet Tom. Yeah, Tom I knew from Grey Court School. Oh, so he was at school as Tom well? Tom was a couple of years, he was in my sister's year, two years above me oh, at right, school. Cool. He was pals with Vizzo and all of them as well. But he didn't write? No, he didn't graph. No. no. He, he's got into art recently. Yeah. He's so, started, but, he's, but, but he's, I took him out on a mission, in fact, me, me, him and uh, my pal homie. Yeah. We went because T lives over in uh, Hackney and he started, you know, he got into painting in, in the house and I was yeah. like, you should come on a mission. We just took him on the canal. He was a little bit like <laughs> <it was> his <laughs> first mission. Yeah, he was just had like that, yeah, yeah. That, those nerves, but it was nice to see. Yeah, and he's got this little character that he does, and he's been out. He's actually been out there over east. Yeah, started getting in a few wars. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Someone took him out, and he kept going back. <laughs> <laughs> Entertain that shit, man. Yeah, yeah. fuck But back then, then, so you you weren't you didn't meet him through graffiti. What what was the connection with him? I knew him through school. And then music. Was, and then uh, he was DJ and he always had a set of decks. And uh, it's like memories, like we, I knew him, um, but we didn't like shout each other and shit. And it's, it was Vizzo. I remember Vizzo knocked at my house and he was with Tom in the car and he knocked round mine to get a draw. And he's like, yo, you coming um, swimming? Because Tom's mum and dad had a swimming pool in the, in the back garden. They obviously wanted a draw. Viz is like, yeah, come. And I'm like, and we used to, then we started going to Tom's and chilling at the pool and sitting outside and, and smoking zoots and stuff. But Tom, yeah, it was always about, you know, we were from the same neck of the woods. He was from Kingston, I was from Richmond. Um, we knew the same people. There was a party, Milk and Two Sugars, that these people we knew used to put on. Tom used to DJ there. I think I, I remember that name. Yeah. 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 I used to go out with a girl that was there, the, the, the promoter's sister. So we were all up there. And uh, that was when chip fucking music like Armour Van Held and Masters at Work, Sugar Daddy, fucking all that kind of shit. You know, it was like that. Loads of US music and then people were starting to make the UK version, which was yeah. like the beginnings of Garage and all that. Um, so that, yeah, we were always in King's Cross. So good years, man. They were fucking amazing. Them late 90s, formative man. years, you know, fucking... we'd have never made Shot You Down without Sugar Daddy because it was those breakdowns to drops. No one was doing that at that time. Let's go into what happened next with you and Tom. So, did, were you interested in music, in, in making music at all before? I've always, my dad fucking used to sit about the living room playing the guitar. My mum used, you know, there was always music. So, making music was something you seen and you were like, yeah, I understand. I think that that's, played that's a big attainable. part. It's I think attainable. it played a big part because yeah. I'd seen him sit and strum his guitar and I'd do the guitar with him and it, he got me a drum when yeah. I was little. So I wasn't scared of it. It's an attainable skill. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like if you show someone something because a baby, yeah. Yeah. it will it will spark that thing off where they're never going to really like feel a barrier with it. 
So, but I hadn't, yeah, for many years when I was graphing, I wasn't aware like that. No, you weren't to the banging music. on MPC or no, I was, I was DJing. It, 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 or... I, it was, yeah, it was kind of like I was getting, you know, it's weird, you know, you'd listen to all these tunes, you didn't even think about who'd made them. It's like you, I wasn't even aware that I'd made that, like people made them. If you know what I mean, I didn't even f- remember this geezer used to write scope. He was at Grey Court with us, Jimmy. And he's like, yeah, do you know how people make these tunes? Like, they put all these beats in a box and the box just juggles them round. And I just remember thinking, you know, I was probably like 13, like, the fuck? What? <laughs> so basically some mad box just makes all these beats we're <laughs> listening to. And I just wasn't aware of it until I went for a fucking drum lesson, man. Yeah. Because my, my dad, I remember my dad's like, look, man, you're just, all you're doing is graph. You've got to, you know, focus on something. It's not going to make you any money. Yeah. And he was right, you know, I wasn't going to be fucking Banksy. You, you weren't know. going to be that right. I wasn't going to yeah. be that one that thought about yeah. it differently and made yeah. a load of P out of it. It so was it, what it was for you. It was right, it was we weren't trying to make it. No, 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 no. It was, it was just, GFS, it yeah. was the crew, yeah. it was the family, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, listen, you you know, we'd go on holiday once a year and he'd, he was obviously, he's like, I'm going to take, you know, we're going for a walk and we're going to we're gonna have that chat, father-son chat. And he's like, you've got to do something, man, you know. So he sent me for a drum lesson because he knew I love music anyway. And the guy's like, yeah, look, I've got, <clears throat> got this, um, Cubase. And he just, I'm like, what? You mean, he's like, yeah, you make, this is where people make tunes on, you know. And I'm like, what, you mean tunes, like house or that's the box. jungle? Yeah, man. That's, <laughs> that's that fucking box. Yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> that it, that box? Yeah. And before you know it, we've made a tune. He's like, look, I can teach you how to engineer it if you want. Or you can just play on the keyboard. I was like, yeah, let me just play on the keyboard. And before you know it, I had like an all right sounding little housey track, you know. That must have been like 90, 96, 97. Fucking hell, yeah. Mm, yeah. And I didn't tell my pals I'd gone for a drum lesson. I was embarrassed. Yeah. Of course it was like you something were. I kept secret. Well, because it did. You're 16, feel... 17. You're yeah. like, I can't tell them my dad's yeah. got some fucking class set up for me. Yeah. I can't do that. No. I know exactly it didn't what feel you're cool at the time. No, of course not. Like, little did cool. I know it was like the coolest yeah. shit ever. Fucking coolest yeah. shit ever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Literally, yeah. you saying, mm. my dad, you know, da, 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 I'm literally thinking, oh, God, yeah. No, it's a blessing, man. This summer's the one. I've done it a couple of times with my boy, but I think I've got to do another one this summer. Is that? Well, this is it, man. Little, a little helping hand, isn't it, man? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just that, just that little bit of guidance in one direction. What we all need. So, from that, you start to that forms a habit. Do you keep going to the drum classes? Do you keep disappearing that evening and not being about out with your mates? Does that still continue? It's just once a week. It was once a week. I remember I used to call my missus from from the phone box. It was in Sheen. He used to go in Sheen. He used to call my missus from the phone yes. box. Yes, phone boxes. And, uh, yeah, and pretend like that. I had that. Pretend I'd been. She'd be like, "Where you been?" I'd be like, "Ah, oh, just with my mate, man." Like, yeah. <laughs> and and, I, and then she found out. She's like, "Why'd you keep this secret? Like, it's good." And I'm yeah. like, "Ah, oh, I'm just yeah, I'm embarrassed." Sure so, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, mad isn't it? But that's 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 uh, the way it is at those ages. Youth, isn't it? Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Nothing silly about it whatsoever. It's how you have to deal yeah, with things back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. And so. You keep going, you learn more. I keep doing it. There's it's a kid down at the bottom of the estate, Jess Jackson. Fucking ended up going on to work with Tiger and all them people. He lives in LA now. And he was the first guy that showed me the internet. He's like, look, I'm chatting to someone in America. I'm like, you're mad, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, little did I know. Yeah. But yeah, no, no, Jess was a good boy, man. He had, he had a little studio in his room. And he okay. put out some garage tunes that had done well. And I went down there, made a few tracks with him. We did some white labels. 
done a Buster Rhymes white label, did a Q-Tip white label, Garage, two-step tune. Amazing. They're, they're on some of the old exposure tapes. EZ yeah. and that were playing them. Wicked. And then Jess went missing on me. And George Lamb, who went, you know, George Lamb ended up being a TV presenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him at Richmond College. And it, so he his bought dad's me the actor, my, isn't it? Yeah, Larry Lamb. Yeah, yeah. George bought me my first little studio. Yeah. All from a conversation we had in college, yeah. And he was just like, this needs to set up. I dropped out of A-levels and I've gone back to, to fucking do a B-tech in music. And he's like, what are you going to do? I said, yeah, I'm going to make some tunes. He's like, oh, what do you think? You think you can do it? I said, like, I know I can do it. He, he goes, what's some house? I goes, yeah, definitely. It's easy. It's just a couple of notes, <laughs> which it is, but it's it's the magic. You've got to make the sound. But yeah. yeah, he was the first person to believe in me in that way. Like, obviously, mum and dad were always going to be mum and dad yeah, and yeah, trying yeah. to drive you in a good way but he was the first person I said it to that went yeah, yeah. he goes I'll do it with you and he was like going to get in the studio with us and he just realised he didn't have the patience or desire to make music so I was like look we just need some equipment and forgot about it and then one Sunday the dawn goes and it's George and he's there with his little car with boxes and boxes Akai's and the whole lot and it sat there doing nothing for ages because I just weren't technically minded. Yeah. We got Jess involved, made some tunes. Jess goes missing. George has pulled in a so lot. Jess comes in, sets up with you. Sets gets up. Gets it all going for you, yeah. teaches you what's what. Yeah, and then I do a few more lessons with this geezer just so I can learn to And is this still myself. you by yourself? Just before Tom, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Me and Tom might have jumped in someone else's studio a couple of times. Tom, but it was nothing, yeah. It was, it was a little bit, but it, it basically Jess went missing. George got us a Luck and Neat remix. Wicked. Which needed to be in in a few days. <coughs> 500 quid. Wanted to get it done. Jess wouldn't pick up the phone. I All think right. he might have been pissed off because I'd done a show on Flex and I took my other pal to DJ and not him. Might have pissed him off. Looking back, I, I, I should have taken him, really, because right. he was producing the tunes that I was playing. Anyway, I think it probably weren't <laughs> that. That might have played a part in it, but maybe just couldn't be fucked that day or he was yeah. with a girl or whatever. Yeah, Couldn't life. get hold of him. Yeah, yeah, life. He was gone. So I thought, that's not happening. Tom's gone, oh, I'll have, I'll have a go with you. And he just bought a new NPC. We do a whole day and it's going nowhere. With like no one's really controlling it. He's made this beat that ain't really like doesn't fit two step because Tom was coming more from house at the time. It just didn't fucking work. The tune weren't working. I thought fuck it, it's not happening. I'm not gonna get this remix done. Whatever, it's it's, it's gone. The next day, nine in the morning, Tom's knocked at my door. I'm like, oh, it's fucking you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he's like. <clears throat> He's like, let's do the mix. I'm like, oh, it's not going to work, man. Like, and he's gone, no, nah, come on, let's give it another go. And I'm like, all right, listen, just let me make the beat and you mix it and, and get all the sounds right. You get them up on the drum machine. Let me make the beat. Let me play the bass line. And you, you tune it as a DJ and put the effects on like you would as a DJ. Let me sort of control that part and you control that part. And he went, yeah, cool, man. You know, which was clear. He was like, "Look, I'm ready to fucking let's go. Let's do it." I've picked. We've picked roles. We've got them. Yeah, and he and we did it. And a week later, we were listening to Kiss out of Tom's car, sitting on Richmond Hill, and and listening to our bassline banging out oh. up a neat remix. Yeah, on proper radio as well. Yeah, Kiss FM, man. And it, you can never beat that buzz hearing that sound come out, man. It's just like seeing your graph, you know. 
chapter three, creativity. Things really start to fall into place, but music doesn't seem to take over everything in Simon's life just yet. And when one of his best friends die, he tells us about how the following weeks affected him and his friends and what led him back to the studio and forming Audio Bullies. We go on to talk about experiences in the music industry, making tracks, managers, record labels, and how I Be For Life can take its toll. And then we get on to talking about what's coming next. That's fucking amazing, man. Yeah. In that era, yeah, to have that happen. Yeah. Because it was radio waves, yeah, tapes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were listening to our tunes on tapes. And the clubs, yeah, and that yeah, was it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they weren't doing CDs of that music in the 90s, late 90s. No, no, it was tape packs. It was all tape packs. Yeah. Tapes yeah. and tape packs. And then you'd hear, you'd, you'd tune into your pirate stations, you'd go to Kiss for something a bit more. Well, because they, they just turned. They? Yeah, Kiss was big for us when we were little. Hey, what That's a what fucking we listened move, to. Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, and so, has he stayed, um, George? Yeah. Did he stay with you? George he, so he, with, he, got, he, got, he got you to hook up for the remix, right? George got to hook up for the remix. Yeah. Fucking Vizo died. Yeah. Me and Tom had just done that remix, didn't do anything. Vizo died. It's just fucking sent our world mad. Um, you Oof. know, and we Rest and, in peace, and that's man. when the audio bullies began. When that happened. No, because we we partied for like fucking t- a week or two with everyone, BSE and, and GFS and all that. Celebrating his life. Yeah, just went mad. That was our reaction. This pulled all night has ended up, you know, just went, it was peak summer. So we were all outdoors for like fucking a week or so solid. That all stopped. Everyone went home. <clears throat> we're all fucking on a come down, feeling sad. And I'm like, I've got my little studio set up. I'm going to fuck about with it. And... I remember ringing Tom and saying, yeah, like, <clears throat> you know what, man? This is making me feel better to to make some music. Why don't you come round? And he did. Before you know it, we'd made We Don't Care. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was the reaction to, you know, it was that thing, you know, it was that, that spark of, of tragedy like that and realising just fucking how short and precious it is. And you go like, no, no, fuck it. I'm going to go for it now. You know, where whatever fears I had before have kind of vanished. It's like, mate, oh, give me goosebumps. But right. it's amazing that your mind was open enough to take that in and think, you know what? Yeah, I've got to use this. Yeah, yeah, and do it for him. Yeah, and you know, and his, I know it gave his mum strength mm. and and all of us. You know, you know, I was different because you're a teenager and for whatever reasons your kit sat on the corner. But I bought all this kit and got audacity on my computer three years ago yeah and then i sat there done a couple of interviews and then was just anxious and i'm too busy to give myself the time to have these conversations that i really want to have with people yeah and then fucking yan asset died yeah and i was like i've got no more excuses man yeah i can't i can't just sit i can't not have these conversations now why yeah. why yeah, would you, i stop you'll get it you, now man you've got to man yeah, but right. you're making me think of something because robbo rang me right and I'd never met him, but he was a, a real, one of the biggest influences in me, on me, because he had an O and a B. Yeah. So I used to properly kind Work of, you know, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Take influence from his stuff. And he rang me. Um, and when he was making that documentary, he's like, look, I want to use some of your music. I'm like, yeah, cool, great. And he kept saying, why don't you come and meet me and the guy from the BBC? And I think he blew out and then I blew out. And then me and Plot went, and watched Don put on a thing where he got Duster over. Yeah. And we went down to 
the Westbourne studio yeah. and watched it. They played fucking, might have been Style Wars or some video. But Robbo yeah. was there. And I didn't know it was him. I'd never seen him before. Massive. And fucking there's giant. There's dudes telling like jail stories outside. I'm thinking, who's this geezer? In a mad way, he reminded me of Stay. Yeah. He just, well, he just had that, you know, that energy. mad, that graph energy that, you know, like just stays a sick storyteller. I've never met him. Sort of. I, mean, I don't know if Robbo's from an Irish background, but Stay is, but he's just got I that. Think he, he I, I think be. he might be, man. Yeah. But that sort of Irish vibe, storytelling, do you know what yeah. I mean? And, and uh, But anyway, I was in a really fucking bad mood. I'm like, who's that geezer? Plus, like, it's Robbo. And he was on a good buzz, and I was just. Some shit was going on with the missus and I just didn't even feel like being out. I thought, oh, fuck it. I'll go and, I should go and say hello, really. But I thought, I'm not in the mood. I, I'll see him next time. You know, and he's a hero of mine. And I just me being a moody fucker. And so I missed that opportunity. I never got to mm. just shake the geezer's hand. And then the next thing, that shit went down. Him ending up in the, you know... Mate, I was printing the prints up the the rest in peace Banksy print yeah. for him, the top cat one. Yeah, and I called him on the Saturday morning. No answer. I leave a voicemail. Like John called me as does. Let's talk about printing. And then uh, two hours later, no callback, no callback. An unidentified number calls my phone. I'm in the print studio printing up in Dalston. And then the police it's, the person goes, "Oh yeah, do you know John?" I was like, "What? No, no, I don't." And he goes, yeah, you do. He just left a voicemail on his phone. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, yeah. I'm his printer. Da, da, da. He's okay. Last night, he was he's falling down some stairs. He's unconscious right now. I need to know his last movements. I'm like, what? Terrible, man. <laughs> but there, that... that but th- these shock things. Bizzo, the yeah. same. Yan, the same. Yeah, no one's, no one's invincible, man. Yeah, because we don't think of death in that sense. And I think that's why... But we see death... And especially in our teen years, we yeah. probably wonder, it's old people. Yeah. Such A couple of my mates died in the 90s. Didn't hit me as much. A couple of them did, but not the wave of what I've had in recent years since other friends have gone has been nuts. You've become aware. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you do, man. But you no, know, it just, it was the, the the moral of that story, man. It's just like, you know, do meet your heroes, man. Do you know what I mean? And 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 do and don't be don't care if they if, if they ain't, ain't what you thought they'd be. Still go and shake that hand. But yeah, if you want to, if you love someone in that way, and you and you you know, yeah. obviously, if someone ain't in the mood, leave them alone. But I think Robbo was in the mood. It was me that weren't in the mood, but not a regret. Just like yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. If, if I could go back, if I had a little time machine, I'd have gone and chatted to him. Do you know what I mean? But I did. I'm I'm just. Blessed I got the pleasure of speaking to him on the phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Real fucking good of him to reach out like that and call. Yeah, yeah, done, man. So that track gets made and what what were your what were your decisions then? You were like, right, fuck it, we're gonna get Well, it was like we were going nuts in my bedroom. You know You knew you'd made something. Yeah, it was it was yeah, you could feel it. It was like it was igniting something in us. We were taking it to our pals. They were going, what, the f- what have you made? Mad. What have you made? Like Nothing sounded like that at that yeah. time. And um, I went to Ibiza. George was working there, right. driving people. Like I'm like, I need a little fucking holiday. I'm still sore over Vizzo. Took that CD out with me. Mm. Go and stay at his. He's got a little gaff. He's driving people for Ministry of Sound. And, we, we, you know, we're like... I remember getting in the car, I said, I think we made something sick, man. You should listen to it. 
And he's like, yeah, I like it. And it's getting played to this geezer, Jazzy M. He don't DJ anymore, but he was like a big Ministry of Sound DJ at the time. He was kind of on his way out, had a severe bugle habit, do you know what I mean? Right. My first sort of look at that world, yeah. like, you know, the people rising and yeah. the people falling, all that shit. But bless him, lovely geezer, man. He discovered Orbital, is what he says. Okay. And he never signed them. So he was getting this weird, like, flashback of that. I remember sitting chatting with him on the Pasha roof. And he was going, listen, I know when I've heard something special and that special is going to blow, blah blah We get back, George sends out the fucking CD to loads of people. By this point, we've got like two or three. I think we had Face in the Cloud as well. We made it mine. But then fucking nothing. Don't hear anything. And I'm like, fuck, I've got to go and get a job. You know, I'd left college. Selling weed was getting tiring and it just felt like it weren't leading anywhere for me. And it was like, all right, let's, I need a job. So I went and got a job at Pie in Elam. So what was that mid, the end of that, like towards the end of 2001 that year? 2001 it would have been, just after Vizzo died. Yeah. Went for that holiday, came back, got a job in the, in the shop. I'm thinking, oh, fuck, we thought we were onto something. No one else seems to. Because, you you know, this weren't internet period no, where no. you just post it to everyone. No. This was, we need a deal. We're going to get it out for us. Yeah. And then I'm, like, working in this, like, shop pie in Ealing. used to sell, like, you know, Armani and Stony and all that part-time. Just fucking getting on with it. And then the phone calls start coming in. Like, some, you know, someone from a publishing place rings George back and goes, look, I'd be very surprised if people ain't interested in this stuff. And yeah, then it just, you know what it's like, the word just goes, and then we had like a few deals on the table. Within no time. Yeah, yeah, it happened quickly. So we what, ended like up 2002, because what, album dropped in 03? Signed in 02. Yeah. Album dropped 03, yeah. 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 What a fucking year, man. Yeah. But it's mad, you know, a lot of it was made in 01, and it's yeah. just, even that process, still two years on, a long <clears> time. I wonder if that happens much anymore, whether that, you know, you make a great piece. I suppose it does, because I mean, not everyone just gets exposed that quickly. But imagine yeah. you had SoundCloud. Yeah, I think most people, if if you've got a sick one, they're banging it up as quick as they can now. Yeah, exactly. The access and so, is so much Whereas quicker. you 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 made that music based off a of feeling and, you know, everything you'd been through, with the raving and the graffiti and yeah. the lifestyle yeah. and all that type of shit. Yeah. made this sound completely fresh and new for London. Yeah. And it took you two years to get the world to hear it yeah but fuck me when that album dropped man, when them <laughs> singles started coming out yeah yeah what a fucking time yeah yeah man yeah yeah and i remember the first time i saw you lot on tv and i the back i, I can't it was a late night channel 4 program it was a sarah cox show it was our first ever tv it might before. have been that and when, the when the it backdrop when plot and vega were ballied tax. up were they ballied up oh, piecing in it yeah, in the background. Yeah, and Mate. Bez was on that. Bez, 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 like fucking was on the stage with us from Happy Mondays. Yeah, yeah. That, that was I, our first TV. Performance. I saw that. Yeah, and that literally, I was just like, these are the fucking lads. These are the guys. <laughs> this is amazing because I'm, I'm, I love hip hop. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I went through yeah. when I got into pills and, and all that. Type, that's when I was raving in the late mid to late 90s yeah. predominantly into that's where it was at in the garage. UK yeah exactly you had American hip hop to listen to in the car but exactly and yeah. at home but I was raving every weekend yeah it was our thing wasn't that it, music. you know it was yeah and so when that and I'd moved to Brighton completely out of that music now yeah only into hip hop I'd opened my shop in 03 actually yeah and your album dropped and I was like 
oh shit, it's <laughs> yeah. London. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. fucking brilliant. Man. Yeah, man. I love that. Sweet, sick, man. Sick. And yeah. so, what a fucking journey from there. Like, you just, you know, you carried on, you're pushing that music, and. Ego War went mad for a minute, and then it all, the storm kind of just suddenly stops. And you're like, you know, fuck, it's gone quiet. Mm. And then fucking. We're working on the second album in Grove, in them uh, that building, Canalot. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, sort of more comfortable all of a sudden, and and just yeah, it all went mad quiet for a minute, man. And then we like we made an album, which you know, if we hadn't have suddenly made Shot You Down, that album wouldn't have. It would have, you know, there was a lot of, it's a great album, Generation. I'm very proud of it. But the press had decided, like, they were like, yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not, you know, because they've boosted us real hard for whatever reason. You know, maybe one person that they rated went, nah, I'm not on it. And when they decide it's time, but then shot you down last minute. And I'll tell you the madness, man. That mate, oh, mate. I love Philippe Asculet, right? French geezer. Okay. That's who signed us to Virgin. All right. It was his idea to use that photo from Front Magazine on the Ego War album. Okay. I rate him for that. He'd done some great bits. It turned in, you know, it, we were kids and it was intense. And it, and know, he was good. There was disagreements, but bless him for that. Bless him for signing us. Don, I'd like to see him again. Ain't yeah. seen him in a good 10 years, right. maybe more, 15. Yeah. But we were going through, the press had decided house music was dead, right? right. In whatever format it had been in. You know, and this is when these people held so much more power mm. than what they, you know, now the people can all speak for themselves yeah. online, which is beautiful. It, it yeah. is a revolution, like yeah. people have been saying. In them days, you couldn't. And the, the labels were influenced by these magazines. You got the magazine saying house music's dead. Me and Top, it, it weren't dead. London Town was jumping about to it, but maybe the people that were writing these articles weren't. Now, it's mad how powerful it was back then. Yeah, but the people still controlled it because so we're fucking taking him these bangers in and he's going, hey, this is house music. I can't do nothing with this. Yeah? Now, bless James Pitt, who took our first CD to Virgin because George or someone played him Shot You Down and he was just like, wait, listen, that's got to go out now. That is that fucking. Oh, he mate. went, that's got to go out now. And fucking thank God he did because Murillo, who we were DJing with at the fucking time, tried and saw us play at Apache and saw it blowing. And I was so nutted, I didn't even notice. Tom was going, Did you see what that tune did last night? So I was like, No. Jaw <laughs> <laughs> swinging. But fucking, he said, Girls were coming up to the decks. Who made this tune? Bloody blah. Murillo, the little, who was meant to be our pal in the game. I'm sure he, you know, whatever. No, it's a sample. That's the nature of samples. Yeah. But he tried to bang out a version. And it came one week after our one. Ooh. I don't think anything could have stood in the way of our one, though. Because the power existed. The passion existed. Mate, that, but it might have fucked with it a bit, you know? Yeah, but that oh, that track. I didn't know that the background. I didn't know that background story. When that track hit, man. Yeah. That was yeah. fucking absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Was it the same formula? Were you making the core beat? And then Tom tweaked it. Tom built that way. Do you know? I'll tell you, an interesting thing went down when we made that, which is that I, I thought we're doing a mix here, and I remembered that luck and neat mix, and I kind of did my little prep talk at the beginning where I was like, "Look, let's simplify the beats. 
because at the time we'd been doing quite skippy beats and that wasn't popular. I'd been in the club a lot and I was noticing all the beats were just very simple. Yeah. I said, let's just take some fat beats from another record that's killing it in the club at the moment. Really simple and just get one of them bouncy fucking club house organ sounds. We had the Korg micro at the time. Yeah, I played the bass line and Tom, the minute I played it, Tom went, you know, I was about to play a different one. Right. And this is the thing about partnerships and groups and how you push each other along. I, I jammed this dun 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 and Tom straight away Tom goes, That that's sweet. And I was literally I'd about to I'd, I wouldn't have locked it. No. You know, it's that thing you're of ready hearing, to go next. Yeah, hearing next. each other and next. helping each yeah. other. And then the touring starts and you're in the clubs and you play you play IB for obviously. Done a lot out there, yeah. Done a lot out yeah. there. Yeah. Season after season. We smashed it for like Three or four years, we were there every year, maybe five. Fucking <laughs> we were like, we're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go back. And we refused gigs there, man. And then a couple of years later, we told some management or agent that we didn't play there anymore. Just mm. probably like on a big come down. Nah, we're never playing there. You know, you just, we were just kids, man. We was, you know, we weren't really thinking about like that was part of our economy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was like holiday suntan every. Three, four times a summer. It weren't good for the health. We were just going mad and we didn't know how to rein it in. Yeah. So, but it might it might have been the smartest decision we ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But we, yeah, we were going on like, you know, few day benders and, mm. and, and just ended up in and a then wild you, mess. You did the London clubs and all of that. And Done a lot of fabric. Yeah. That was our sort of, you know, venue. The Cross, a fair bit. Um, and then, yeah, loads of festivals. And fucking, you were a musician. Yeah, we were rolling. You were an artist. We were in. Yeah, we were yeah. doing it, man. Yeah, we, we were and that's what it. you've stuck with. Yeah, all the way, man. All the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whatever avenues those that will that will lead down as well, I suppose. You never know what you're gonna do next, doesn't it? But mm. at the moment, you know, we're we're sort of focusing on some new bits. We've made a few little tracks, and they're sounding good, man. Yeah, Wicked. yeah, yeah. No, I think we get an album done. It's just, it's just getting Tom to commit, you know. Yeah. Um, but we've no. I'd say we might have a third of an album done. But then again, I was just thinking on my way up here that we should just drop a single. That's what everyone does now, isn't it? I'm, true. I'm still stuck on this. Like, let's spend three years making an album. It's like, I can't wait that long. We've got mm. a couple of decent. Well, bits. you can still keep doing that. Yeah, I'm just might sneak a few bits and bobs out, and it? I think it's time. Probably about three or four tracks that me and Tom have done that are pretty good. Yeah. You could wrap them up. But then again, I'm still like, I don't know, there's almost that part of me that does just want to hold back a bit because I feel like if we really go in, yeah, like... Mate, you just—it's about putting that right story together. Yeah. And if the single drops, if you're in that story, cool. But you, I think you're right. Maybe hang on one sec. Think about it. It's think that about story, how you want to yeah. play it. Yeah. What, what is the story that you're going to get from this? You know what it's I mean? that record because when we dropped Ego War, fair enough, we don't care in that. It came really quickly and early. But then you've got tunes like Turned Away and Snake. Yeah. You can oh, hear Snake. Us. You can hear, yeah, track one, isn't it? Yeah. You can hear us getting better by yeah. that point. Yeah. You can hear the the, the combination of us two as producers and, and songwriters becoming more advanced than what it is in the early tunes like yeah. Facing the Cloud and We Don't Care. Oh, mate, those albums. Yeah. Really make me think, man. It's, yeah, it must, yeah. and I think it must do that for a lot of fucking people, like, and there's a lot of people we know 
Yeah, I think, that, I think that's it's the time to thing. tell the story, Daz, isn't it? I that's, think that's it. That's what Omen said to me. It he's, is. He's a fucking sick art dealer now. now. Yeah. He's smashed it. So Selling he, Rembrandts and is shit. Is he? <laughs> well, he fucking knows that. Like, yeah. Like, he knows yeah. No, and he goes, listen, Sai, he goes, you goes, look, he goes, just remember this, man. He goes, no one's going to tell your story if you don't. No, and that's the fucking, that is the yeah. point, man. It, listen, I, it's not that I... You know, I th- this this conversation has just enlightened it even more. I've always loved your day bullies, and I didn't know you when I was a fan of you. Sweet, yeah. I yeah. only met you, as we say, in Shoreditch painting. Like the shop walls. or something, wasn't it? Or... Yeah, we, yeah. When I had the gallery day, yeah. that's right. We were yeah. painting, and we, we, you know, we hung out, we went drinking, and that. And I've, but I've been a fan. Yeah. And stepping back, and then hearing this story, and then I, I was like, I'm doing this podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if Simon's up for it because yeah. I know he's got a sick story. Yeah. Summing it up now, I'm just like, fuck, man. <laughs> Like the memories, the things I'm thinking of, and like the yeah, the, the, it's just like that is really fucking important. Yeah, it's no, really sick. important, and I, it must be for a lot of fucking people. Yeah, I think that's what it came out of is that we were like bored of the music we were listening to. I think that's what all these great artists come out mm. of is it's they're like I'm gonna make something for myself that blows my mind. It, but it was so different as well, though it weren't. It was, a, gra- it was caught- a graph record. No one had ever it- written a graph record. Well, maybe Goldie, but it was e- it summed up painting tubes and, and was- painting London Town, isn't it? Which is different. Uh, but the thing is, it worked yeah. in a pop vibe. It worked. Yeah. And when I say pop, I mean to the masses. Yeah. You don't have to be a been- writer to yeah. listen to that song and love it. Yeah. There's many songs we've loved in our lives yeah. that have got nothing to do with what we think they're about. Well, I met Panic, right? And and and, and you know him and Intro a couple of years, a good five uh, while back anyway, yeah. and. Uh, and they're going, yeah, wait, yeah, we, we used to bang your album when we went out painting. We don't care. That's about graph, isn't it? And I'm like, you know what? It was actually written about a werewolf, <laughs> but it carried the spirit of graph because Tom go. sampled Teen Wolf. So the first lyrics would go out late at night. That was based on this werewolf thing. It didn't even matter, oh, did it? It didn't even matter. But the rest <laughs> of them were about oh, graph. God, if you haven't heard these fucking albums, man. <laughs> God, these tracks are so good. Mate, historical stuff, and I'm looking forward to what happens next. I'm looking forward to seeing how you can, and if I can help in any way, let me know. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll you be there with the, us, man. You not wrap the story up. It's not about wrapping the story up. It's just about... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... No, well, we do it. We're playing, we're playing Boomtown. Oh, wicked. We're going to do an Ego War DJ set there. Sick. That's what they want, apparently. Lovely. And we're going to do Boardmasters. Nice. And we're doing something in Going Holland as well. I mean, you're welcome to come to any of them, Fucking man. Hell, man. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'll put you on the list for whatever you, if you want to be there, man. Yeah. I'm trying to get a lot of heads out for it. I reckon it'll, it'll be like that. It'll be like, the, you know, because it's like, it's fresh again. And yeah. Everyone will come out, man. Mate, this might be the summer, isn't it? Summer, it's this summer. Sounds. I think this summer's going to be like a little, there's going to be flashes of it. And yeah. then I think the following summer, it's going to be in full swing. Yeah. Unless I get hit by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. Well, listen, thanks for coming over, brother. Daz, always, man. Really always a pleasure. It, no, man. great so to see you again, man. And, it's been yeah. years, man. You know what I mean? Ages. Positive vibes. Definitely, man. Yeah. Wicked, brother. Wicked, brother. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Audio Bullies, I'm a fan and you could probably tell. Their music's been a proper sound of mine and many people's London. And it was great going back and listening to Snake and We Don't Care, Shot You Down, all those classics. Go and check them out. I'm really looking forward to what's coming next. Simon's story is great and I love how culture helped him mould his love for music to stay with him for life. One last thing before we leave. We mentioned a few people's names in that conversation. Pause, Vizzo, Robbo, Asset. All members of our graffiti culture and all sadly passed away. They'll never be forgotten. They were all big movers and shakers in the scene in their own way. Rest in peace, boys. You'll never be forgotten.
hope everyone enjoyed it. Love your city, love your culture. Until next time, this is F24.